Don't forget these things today. Don't forget Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And forget not. Someone say forget not. What are your forget not lists? I want you to write these down today. There's just three of them I want to share with you. But forget not all his benefits. This is God telling us. This is as David writes this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not all his benefits. Wow. Who does what? Who forgives all of your iniquities. Can I have a shout? Not some. Well, well I'll forgive this. I'll for- all. Say all. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals how many? All. all of your diseases. But he doesn't stop there. He keeps going on. Remember your benefits. How many know people take jobs and relocate based on benefits? And he tells us, don't forget your benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction. Crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies your mouth with good things. One translation says, satisfies your mouth with good things. It's your particular age and season. How many know, amen? Amen. Satisfies your mouth with good things. But listen to this. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Amplified says, strong and overcoming. How many want your youth renewed today? How many believe God wants to renew your youth? What's interesting to me, because I used to be able to, to, when I talk about memory and not forgetting I used to be able to play athletics a lot better than I can at this age. And so when I turned 50, I went out and I could hit a field goal, a 50-yard field goal like it was a chip shot. It was just like like that. And I would turn 50 and I went out with this. Actually, it was one of uh, Marshall's nephews, Josh Huffman, who just graduated. Congratulations, all you graduates. And uh, he was pounding. He said, I, said, I can do that. I, I, that's nothing for me. And I went out and I, kicked, I couldn't reach it. And I moved it up five yards. I couldn't reach it. Moved it up. And I was thinking about your muscle memory. And I, I, last year I went out, you know, and acted like I was 15 again with the, the guys at soccer. And I ran out there and kicked the ball really hard. And something snapped in the back of my leg. And my son looked at me and said, Dad, don't get up. Just stay down. You were there, Seth. <laughs> I could hardly walk. And I think your muscle memory, because it hasn't done that thing for so long, and we, we forget. What do we forget? We forget to stretch. We're still forgetting to stretch. Even when you do yard work, you don't stretch. Come on, Anthony. I you know you used to put people on their back, but you try now. It's a little different. But you're used to being renewed like the eagles. Amen? But we forget. We forget. We forget. I, I, I was going to the airport, and I forgot the tunnels were closed. And I almost missed my plane because you forget. I remember preaching one time in northern Wisconsin, and I told them after, after church, I'm going to drive to Indiana and preach at another church on Sunday night. And I remember I was getting there. I was praying in the spirit, going on, on my message and thinking about it. I pulled up in the parking lot, and all the cars were there. And some guy walked out and said, where you been? Church is half over. I scratched my head. I forgot about Indiana always stays the same. And I was right preaching on this side of the time change. And over here, it was an hour sooner. And I forgot. How many know if if you forget things, this can be detrimental to your life? Amen. Don't forget. Someone say, don't forget. So when I wrote this, I, I looked at Psalm 78. The Israelites forgot what God had done for them. They forgot. 
Psalm 78, 41, yep, they turned back and tempted God. They limited. How many of you, your limitations have to do with you not having the capacity to be grateful? And because if you're not grateful, you don't believe. When you're grateful, you're quick to believe. You're quick to receive. In fact, they didn't have any faith in Hebrews 4. He said, he said, you heard the word, but it didn't benefit you because it wasn't mixed with faith. So you limited God. You limited the Holy One of Israel. Your faith limits God. God can do anything. Anything's possible. But the limitation of what God can do in your life has to do with what you can believe. Has to do with your capacity of faith to say, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that's working in you. How many believe there's power working in you now? Come on, you got to believe it though, right? Said so they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Look, they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he was delivered from the enemy. They forgot so quickly about the manna, about the pillar of fire by night, about the cloud by day. They forgot about the manna coming down. Man did eat angels' food. They forgot about them complaining and saying, we're tired of this. We want some meat. And God flew millions of quail in, and they ate, and they were satisfied. But it says, while that taste of meat was still in their mouth, they kept start complaining. When you start complaining, you get bitter. You don't get better. When you start rejoicing, how many know our call in life? In everything, give thanks. Rejoice all the time. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God for Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God. Someone shout rejoice. rejoice. Come on, Memorial Day weekend students. Say rejoice. rejoice. We have freedom. Someone rejoice. rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. They remembered not his hand. The first point I want to make to you today is don't forget his promises. Don't forget his promises. Psalm 78 in the earlier New Living says, we've heard these stories and we've known them. Stories our ancestors had handed down. We will not hide these truths. Anyone remember last week, a spirit of truth? We will not hide these truths. Everyone say truth. truth. See, the reality is that truth prevails. See, what's happening even in the church, there's a shifting and there's a sifting. And people are getting away from the truth. And because of what they believe, they're falling aside like crazy. Because I told you and I'll tell you, you have to be in the Word of God. Come on, students. You have to be in the Word of God. Don't just come for a snack on the weekend. You have to be in the Word of God. It's a lamp under your feet. It's a light under your path. You have to. His promises are all yes and amen. The promises of God come to pass when we believe them, when we decree them, when we act like it is true and God never lied once. And the spirit of truth is in us and his word is truth. So when we look at this, we go, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell them to the next generation about his glorious deeds. How many of God done something good in your life? I know we all walk through some rough times, right? But how many still can focus on the good? Train your eye to see what is good. Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with? Good. How many know God has been? Good. God is always? Good. I don't care what you're going through today. God is still good. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. My faith is based on God's goodness, which never changes. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's absolute. Yeah. 
And Jesus said, in this time, I will be the stability of your, wow. I will be the stability of your times. How many know when you put Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith, he is the stability of our times. So when I look at this, I go, talking about the glorious deeds, about his power, his mighty wonders. How many know God is good? For he issued laws and he gave instructions, and Jacob, he gave instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so that each generation might know them, even the children that are not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. Can I tell you? Listen to the stories of grandma and grandpa about the goodness of God because he's still good. He's still the same. God hasn't changed to the next generation so they'll know them, even the children not yet born. They in turn teach their children. Why? So each generation would set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commandments. Don't hide these truths, these glorious deeds, his mighty power, his wonders. Command them. Teach them. Teach them to Reuben. Teach them. Teach them to that baby. Teach them to Esther. Teach them to Abraham. Teach them to Rowan. Teach them to your kids. This is what we got to do. Our kids have to hear truth in a day of darkness, in a day of chaos. Our kids need to hear those stories. My kids ain't stopping. They're going to do the will of God because they seen God move. They seen God move in their mom and dad. They see God move in their grandparents. They seen God move. And so when I look at this, I go, this is the promise in Psalms 92. I want you to think about this. We talk about this scripture a lot at our church, my wife and I, and someone did it prayer this week. But I love this scripture because it really shows us the promise and the expectation. How many have some expectation? There has to be expectation in your life. And my expectation isn't getting lower in what God's doing. It's getting higher. It's getting, I'm expecting something incredible to happen even today. How many know you can be getting your miracle today? You can be getting your breakthrough today. You can be getting your healing today. You get a thought today, a witty idea, a transformation, a mind renewal thought today. Psalms 92 says, those planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That's a thought. Are you planted? Are you planted? See, there's something about being planted that produces fruit. Some people that aren't planted don't have any fruit. But when you're planted, you can't uproot every six weeks, every two years. You've got to be planted. This is God's promise to us. If you're planted in the house of the Lord, you'll flourish in the courts of our God. How many want to flourish? Now you say that's for women. No, it's for men too. How many want to flourish? And he brings up this analogy, growing in grace. Say, I'm growing in grace. You'll bring forth fruit in old age. Someone say amen. amen. You'll be full of sap, spiritual vitality. How many know John 15 says the same sap that's in the vine is in the branch. So the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is in you. The same power that's in Christ is in you. Wake up, church. The same anointing that's on Jesus is the anointing that's on you. The same healing power is in you. Resurrection power is in you. Breakthroughs in you. Provisions in you, healings in you. How many believe that? The church hasn't believed this over the years. That's why they don't walk in it. We believe it. Say, I believe. believe. Listen, this is growing in grace. You still bring forth fruit. They'll be full of sap, rich in trust and love and contentment. 
They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promise. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. And there's a, there's a scripture I kind of left out there. So I didn't have to preach about it because there's too much revelation. But listen to what he said. He said, like a palm tree, like a cedar in Lebanon, like an oak tree. A palm tree is flexible. You ever seen down in Florida when a hurricane hits? Those things go all the way down and they pop right back up. I watched the beach get burned out and the palm tree has this shell around it and it just grows new skin. It's flexible. It can bend. How many know if you're planted in the church, you have to be flexible and be able to bend. You have to be able to change so that you can grow with what God's saying so that you can be fruitful in the house of the Lord. You have to be steady. You have to be like a pillar that has these huge roots that grow deep in the word of God. You have to be like this cedar in Lebanon that can be useful. That tree, they use its wood for everything. And then he says, in old age, you're still going to be fruitful. Now, I had my in-laws fly in from out of town and my mother-in-law says, we're going to take a little relaxation, a little vacation. I'm like, what have you been doing in your 20s and 30s? They just renovated two properties. Wayne still does engineering, consulting for his old company. They're busy. They're busy. You say, well, pastor, and I look at most, I can't say their age, but they're over 60. They're over 70. That's enough. If I want to stay in good standing. He's like, cut it off there. But, but think about this. When you're over 70, what are you doing? Some people, the pe- people say, pastor, what's your biggest fault that you forget I try to pack 64 meetings in one day. I try to do everything I can in one day. How many know you don't get days back? You, 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 you try to, I got all these things down and you forget. Ah, oh, I forgot to meet with that guy, man. I didn't even show up. I forgot. So, so you're trying to remember your schedule. You're trying to remember, but I'm, I'm being blessed because I have an example of moms and dads that are still fruitful in old age. The minute you stop being fruitful is the minute you check out. The minute you stop thinking you have a purpose, you check out. The minute you put your feet up and you get the remote and you get your iced tea and you say, this is my destiny, I'm 65, 66, you'll be in heaven. The Bible says when David fulfilled his purpose for his generation, then he fell asleep, amen? After 40 years of kingship, he fell asleep. When his purpose was finished, how many know your power of truth is tied to your purpose? So this is a promise from God that you're going to bear fruit in old age. Some people are sitting around in their 30s like, I'm just chilling. My goal's retirement. There's no word for retirement in Hebrew. If you want to retire and stay home, you'll get depressed really quick. I need about a couple days of vacation couple days to relax and then keep rolling. Amen. My mother, I won't say what age she is. She does more than most 20 year olds. She's praying. She's coming to prayer. She's believing. She's standing. She's visiting hospitals. She's going to life group. Hopefully you're, and you know how many people I buried in their 60s, 70s and 80s? Cause life's over. No, you'll be full of sap. Some of you need to get some sap in you. Don't be a sour sap. Amen. Get some syrup sap where you're sweet and you're nice and you're excited and you're joyful. Don't lose your joy. How many know we, why, why can, let me go on to the next point. You know why? Because Leroy, he's an incredible man. His wife's looking from heaven today, but he's full of spiritual vitality. 
and his life as a living memorial. But God's not done. God's not done. It says here, your life will be a a, a living memorial that God's promises are true. How many want to be a living memorial? Memorial Day weekend. How many want to be a living memorial? Man, I sat next to some guys on the plane the other day. And man, we had a we had a one hour and 15 minute debate from Atlanta to Pittsburgh and it was loud and it was crazy and it was chaotic. It's not good to set a pastor next to somebody that doesn't believe at all anything. Let's just say that. So sparks flew for an hour and 15 minutes and the atheist sitting next to me said, Thank God the plane landed. <laughs> I said, I got you. You said, thank God. He's an attorney. He said, the, the Ten Commandments he referred to, didn't God make the Ten Commandments? I said, I got you. Yes, he did. How many know the reality is God wants to make our lives living memorials? To say, I looked at Mike Kredich and his beautiful wife and their kids and Rob and Mindy. And God is good because I know you and I see you. And I see what Drano's doing. I see, I see God is good. How many want to be a living memorial? How many know that's God's promise? Living memorials on earth. I'm depressed. I got a bunion on my foot. I'm tired. I'm going to retire early. My back hurts. I got hemorrhoids. I need some preparation H. How many know this? I, I think about what older people do. I'm not, and I'm starting to get this stuff. I'm like, I refuse to speak that. I'm going to (laughs) stretch. People say, my my in-laws just said, as you get older, you'll you'll stop eating. You eat smaller portions. Well, I'm going to start eating bigger portions because I don't want to get old. Anyway, I don't know if that's scriptural, but it's worth thinking about. Amen. Come on, someone say, don't forget. forget. His power's in me because his promise is in me. I'm a living memorial. How many believe it? Look at number two. Don't forget the power of Pentecost. Today's Pentecost Sunday. Come on, don't, how, many, how many know what Pentecost is? Wait, wait, wait. Let's do this again. Let's calm down. We don't have to act hyper-spiritual. How many know what the power of Pentecost is? Hold your hand up high. There's still some believers in the nation that don't know what the power of Pentecost means. Pentecost 50, 50 days after the resurrection. And what did God tell us? See, and if we forget this, can I tell you, if you're a senior graduating, if you're a person that's a Christian and you've never understood this, you need to do the study. Because if you don't have the Pentecost power of the Holy Ghost in your life, you're in big trouble. What was the credit card? They said, don't leave home without it. Well, you don't need credit card. We don't believe in those. So cut it up anyway. It's good. I forgot. Don't leave home without it. Is it American Express? Don't leave home without it. I can say it this way, don't leave home without him. The power of Pentecost is the most, if you're a believer, this is the most important person in your life. It's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's the Holy Spirit. The power of Pentecost, the power of Pentecost. Someone say it out loud, the power of Pentecost. You online, say the power of Pentecost. So look at this, wait here till you be empowered. The Bible says in Acts, we know the scripture, but let's read John 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and the Father will send you an advocate, 
uh, uh, we read last week, another one of the same, just like me, a savior like me, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you forlorn. I will not leave you comfortless. That's why his name is the comforter. The Greek word parakaletos, one that's been called alongside to help you. He knows your past. He knows your future. He knows your wife. He knows how many children you're going to have. He knows what business, what career. He knows everything. How many know? And he says, and when he's come, he'll show you things to come and he'll recall to your remembrance. What's the Holy Spirit doing? Help you to remember. So, Pastor, why are you always crying like a big sissy? Man, when you get around some of the greatness I've been raised around, you look at some of my uncles, you, you, look, at, you look at my father-in-law, you look at, you look at my father, you look at their uncles, my uncles. I'm sitting there on a Memorial Day weekend with my Uncle Brian. He's about 6'4", he's tatted up, and he's sitting on the edge of my uncle's pool. And I just said to him a few years ago, I said, Uncle Brian, I said, what was it like in, in, in Vietnam? to be a, I think he was a Navy SEAL and to see him sit at the edge of the pool and just tears stream down his face and to say, Uncle, you're a hero. He said, I'm not a hero. You know how many of my friends I lost? Not a word. True patriot. Just sit there and weep. The things I had to do. Sit there and weep. Not a word. Just cry. Uncle Tony, prisoner of war, decorated five purple hearts, dying in his bed, and his kids put all his medals out. He said, those don't mean a thing. I'm not a hero. Those guys that I lost, my friends from Swissvale, they were heroes, not me. The humility of understanding, the purpose and the power that the Bible tells us to the Holy Spirit will help us to remember. How many know when the Holy Spirit shows you things that come, but he also goes back and helps you to remember? Remember when your dad moved from Tulsa. Remember against all odds, they took four kids and they left for Oklahoma in the 70s and believed that God called them. Remember when you have to do something that's hard on you and it's hard to change and it's not comfortable. Remember the Holy Ghost will guide you. The Holy Ghost will lead you. Remember how your father, and remember how he got saved. Remember he didn't hear tithing lessons, but he gave. Remember how your in-laws gave. Remember how your mother gave, gave, laid down their life, sacrifice. That's what their stories are about. Don't, don't buy everything now. Sacrifice for now. So later, remember. Remember the lessons you learned. Remember the lessons from our past. Remember what didn't work. My grandfather was very, very wealthy, but he was broke. He wasn't broke. He was cheap. He'd turn the lights off all the time. He'd leave his nice car in the garage and ride his junkie car around. He would, he would go get cheese and put on a crazy looking hat and coat to get peanut butter and cheese. And his friends would come over and say, Jack, the depression's over. They would. And he, 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 he lived through. The, so I can't really judge him because I didn't live through the depression. I didn't have to go work for my family to provide. It's interesting when the Holy Spirit causes us 
to remember what was done for us. And it produces gratitude by the Holy Spirit because he's causing you to remember in everything. Rejoice. Yeah, you're depressed. Rejoice. You don't feel good. I feel great. The word that says greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. So the Holy Spirit's always trying to get you to remember the scripture of the word that you put in. And say, I feel aches and pains with long life. I'll be satisfied and show you my salvation. Someone said that dog lived, it was in the paper. The dog lived 31 years. It's unheard of. I looked down at my dog, put my hand on his head. You're the longest living dog. You're going to go 32, Samson. Just get used to it. Take a nap now. Here's a bone. Chill out. Because you're going long term. If something doesn't work out, don't make fun of me. I'm still believing. Samson will make it long term. I mixed that scripture with he'll bless my beast and with long life he'll be satisfied. Can I have an amen? But Acts 1.8 says this, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. On the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place and they heard a roar of wind that was so overpowering that anyone could bear. Then at once a pillar of fire a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes, separated tongues of fire. It says, engulfed each of them. Can I have an amen? And they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit, each of them. Some will say the power of Pentecost. Power of Pentecost. See, some people say, well, that's passed away. I don't remember. My denominations didn't teach that. I don't remember. You're in trouble, man, in this day. You have to remember. You have to remember. He says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in language they'd never heard. But Acts 2 verse 38 says, and take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit for God's promise, God's promise, say God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for me and my family. And he says here, and those not yet born and everyone who the Lord God calls to himself, Peter preached to them and he warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. See, you're sitting there thinking, how am I going to make it in this last day? This is a wicked, dark world. When this guy attacked me on the plane and everybody could hear this guy talk super loud, my wife was looking over like, this is going to be a, this is a debate. You're going to chill down, man. And I was just being calm. This guy was shouting here. He looked at me, he said, please forgive me, I had nine beers. I was like, whoa. So it's not just the normal demon spirit, it's also a spirit of alcoholism on you too, and you talk louder, it amplifies stuff. But I was thinking that this is a wayward and perverse culture. There's only one way to be rescued, it's to listen to the Holy Ghost. It's to be led by the Spirit of God, which will continue next week. I didn't forget how to be led by the Spirit of God. One of the most important things in your life right now. How to, don't miss how to be led by the Spirit of God. If you're not led by the Spirit of God right now, you're in trouble. If you marry the wrong spouse, you get in trouble. If you take the wrong job, how many know there's a lot of good things, but there's only one God thing? We want the God thing. After graduation, girls, we want the God thing. Guys, we want the God thing. And the Holy Spirit knows it all, and he's going to show you. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you into truth. Be rescued from this generation. Matthew 24, and I'll close with my last point. Matthew 24, 11. How many lying prophets will arise and deceive the multitudes? 
leading them away from the path of truth. There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burn with passion for God and others will grow cold. But hold your hope firmly to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. Someone say endurance. Anybody have any endurance? Don't forget to endure. Don't forget there's a long race to run. Don't forget, stay planted in the house of God. Don't forget, don't forget the Holy Ghost. Don't forget his power. Don't forget to pray in the spirit when you don't know how to pray. Verse 14 says, yet through it all, the good news of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. What's God want to do? In every culture, in every ethnos, in every nationality, Italian. One gentleman said, I love what he said at our conference. He said, I'm not an African-American. He said, I'm just an American. I'm not an Indian-American. I'm just an American. In fact, I'm not just an American. How many know I'm God's child? See, why do we tie those two so closely? Because this nation was one of the only ones that was founded upon God's truth and God's principles. And yeah, are there many bad things? Yes. Are there many mistakes? Yes. Are there evil men? Yes. But thank God, it's still by far the greatest light on this planet to this day. Can I have an amen? Amen. Come on, don't forget. If you forget, the devil will tell you it's bad, it's dark, it's the worst, and then I'll take you to China for a little bit, and you can find out what's weird and how they live. They put up on the chart South Korea, and it had light everywhere the gospel had been preached, and then they put up North Korea. And I think I sent it to Pastor Matt. North Korea looked like dark as could be in a concentration camp. No gospel. No truth. No power. Dominance by a communistic regime. And here we're talking about Jesus. Freely! Go to the border of Burma. Myanmar with Pastor Chuck Lanhart. Go to the border where I'm in the hotel. And he said, you didn't, you didn't. I was witnessing the people said, you might have talked to an informant to tell them we're up here. We can't do that. Get on the motorcycles. We got to bounce. We got to get out of here. The police are coming. Let's go. That, that's not a good deal. You got to watch who you talk to. You got you to watch out. Who, how many know we're still in the greatest place on the planet? How, how many know we still have religious liberty that we're going to fight for? Because no matter what happens, I'm going to keep speaking truth. No matter what happens, we're going to keep speaking truth. No matter what happens, there's going to be a demonstration of God's power before the end comes. How many know we're there today? Don't forget the power of Pentecost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. After Jesus came, he rose again and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Don't do anything. Wait till you be empowered. If you go out not empowered, the devil's going to eat your lunch. And that's what we have many Christians that can't manifest because they don't believe in the very power of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of them. Don't forget the power of Pentecost. Don't forget the power of the promise of God. But finally, don't forget how to stand in the evil day. Write this in your notes. Look at this with me before I let you go. Have your Memorial Day weekend celebration. Don't forget about God's promises. Get in the Word daily. Study the Word daily like the Bereans did to see if it's true. Don't forget the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything rises and falls upon listening to the Spirit of God in this hour. So you're not taken out. Being led by the Spirit of God 
But in the evil day, Paul told us, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Stand therefore. How many know how it is to stand? Come on, somebody stand. 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 You say, I'm sitting right now. That's all right. Stand. Someone say, stand. The Bible tells us when the evil day comes, if you're, if you're connected to the promise of God and you're connected to the vine and you're connected to those confessions about this is my best day and I have the strength of an eagle, I'm overcoming, and that his promise and the power of Pentecost makes me a Holy Ghost field. Greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. So I walk and live with power. So if you want to make what God did render powerless don't get filled with the holy spirit and just live a broke life in your own ability but when you live a life guided by the holy spirit and led by the spirit now he leads you into truth he leads you the right places the right spouse the right this the right the holy spirit is the spirit of truth but in this last day the bible tells us there's going to be people that don't love truth come on how many love truth So if you're going to stand in the evil day, listen to Ephesians 6.10 as we close. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths. There's that word, truth. Say truth. Truth. Say it out loud. I love truth. truth. Say, I hate lies. lies. Satan's the father of lies. I have in me the spirit of truth. So I know. How many know, you know when there's a red flag, you know when there's an issue, you know when there's a wrong relationship, you know when something just doesn't seem, something ain't right. Ephesians 6, beloved one, save these most important truths for last, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody, give a shout. You can't take away from those times in his presence and in his power, in his word and praying in the spirit. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. If that's all you get, write that down and read that every day. Come on, move your arms around or something. Tap in a note. Because if you're just, if you're not writing it down, you won't remember it. I know it. If you're not writing it down, you'll forget it. A good point. Say that again. Say it out loud. He got it. He got it. One got it. One. Did you get it? Don't forget. If you forget, you're in trouble. Don't forget the power of his promise. Don't forget the power of the Holy Ghost. But don't forget how to stand. And we become weak in the church because we've sat down when the enemy comes in like a flood. This, I want to read this sentence again. I love this. It says right here. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. God's complete set of armor provides us so that you will protect as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Notice he's an accuser. It's all he can do of the accuser. So your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. It's with the highest principality and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Thank God we're in the light. Amen. Because of this, here it is. He tells us what to do here. Ready? Who wants to stand in the evil day? Having done all to stand. One translation says, having done all that the crisis demands. How many have done all? 
Come on, just stand. Just stand. As long as you can stand. I, my, I got up in the soccer game. I started limping. I said, I'm playing. <laughs> I don't care how old I am. I'm still playing hurt. Dad, go sit on the bench. I'm going to stand. How many know we're going to stand? We got to stand. We got to stand for truth. But listen, because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you can protect. Be protected as you, listen to this, confront the slander. How many know all he can do is slander? But if you believe a slander, you're in trouble. Confront the slander. Are you, you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. And I'll just, I'm closing with this one. Put on the belt of truth. Put on truth as a belt and strengthen you to stand in triumph. Today, as I close, listen to this. I mean, you remember those days when everybody's draws are dragging. It was cool. I seen a guy in the airport the other day. I, they don't do draws dragging anymore. He had his whole bum out with some kind of goofy underwear. No, it was goofy. Disney goofy. Get it? No, seriously. He had goofy all over his butt. And his jeans were right here. You ever seen that? The belt was right here. And the whole bum was showing. And I was like, look at that. That's goofy. But it was goofy. I'm looking at this guy. I'm thinking, your, your belt's not up. And, and when I was a teenager, I, I went to work one time doing some construction with some guys, and I forgot to wear a belt. And how many know that's a big distraction? Because you're pulling your pants up all the time. You're pulling your pants up all the time. You're pulling your... And, and, and what's interesting about the Roman weaponry that Rick Renner talks about is you got this beautiful breastplate which guards your internal organs. It's righteousness. I'll be preaching on that in August and September, your identity. How many know the devil's attacking everybody's identity right now? I think yeah, today I woke up and I thought I was a flag, so I dressed in red, white, and blue. I, 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 I'm not a flag, okay? I'm Pastor Buck. A flag would have nicer hair. Anyway... So, so I'm like, I'm like, breastplate of righteousness, this thing was gorgeous. It had a stone in it. It was made of brass and precious metals, but it guarded your heart. It guarded your most important organs. You can live without an arm. You can't live without a heart. So this breastplate of identity, righteousness, and this beautiful helmet of salvation had this plume with a Roman soldier, and it was this gorgeous, beautiful-looking plume that they would most of the time not even wear at a war, just in parades. And it was, a, it was a picture of salvation, this beautiful. And he said, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You can't win without a weapon, right? And he said, and have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You have to live in peace. You can't let this world, darkness, and chaos shake you. Above all, take the shield of faith. This is where I want to preach for a little bit. Three minutes. But the shield of, the shield of faith. Above all, keep out in front the shield of faith. It was this beautiful piece of metal wrapped in leather with some wood behind the metal so that they would soak it in water. And when the fiery dart was shot at them, it would hit the shield of faith and extinguish just like that. How many know that's the kind of, that's the kind of, when we have strong faith to believe his promise and by the Holy Spirit, building up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping in the love of God, our shield of faith is up. It's awesome. But this is what's powerful. Wow, losing my batteries. What's powerful is they had this belt of truth. This belt of truth, the Greek tells us it holds everything together. 
So when you pulled up your drawers and you had your feet connected to these plates and these different things and your, your breastplate, and, and they said there was a place on this belt for a sword when you were on a horse, and there was a hook right here that when they would ride, they would hook the shield of faith on this belt of truth. And it would hold there. And I was thinking, that's so powerful. Because if you don't understand absolute truth, you really don't have any faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So now here's your, here's your, here's your belt of truth, which holds everything together. And this is what was the argument the other day, is that if I can't get you to believe that the Word of God is the absolute truth, and trust me, we went many different ways. I said, you believe in gravity? Yeah, but this, this book's 2,000 years old. This book's antiquated. This book isn't for today. Jesus isn't for today. God's not for today. Why? Because there's an antichrist spirit in the earth that has to give you lawlessness and has to condemn people and has to be a wicked spirit of slander and accusation that has to protrude lies to you daily. You got a headache. You're going to die young. You don't have enough. That's all the devil does. He slanders. He lies continually. Your life's going to be cut short. You should be for it. Fear of death. Fear of getting on a plane. Fear of not enough. Fear, 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 fear. And God said, the spirit of truth will guide you, lead you into all truth. And now I need you to buckle that belt on. And I need you to hold up the shield of faith. And I need you to tie everything together with absolutes. Now here's where the disconnect is. I'm sorry to get up in your grill today on Memorial Day weekend. But I'm going to. Because I'm not shopping at Target. Now see, some of you say, some of you say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. See, little points of truth matter. When I see someone writing a Satanist book, and I see someone putting transgender toddlers' clothes and transgender little kids' clothes and taking an agenda that is anti-Christ, say, well, I can shop there. I can. See, this is where compromise is in the church. You know, I don't care that Starbucks pays an employee to go across state lines and get an abortion if they need to. I just like their coffee. I don't. Why will you keep promoting something that's anti-Christ? No, no, I want you to think about the truth of that. Why will you promote someone so they came for our religious liberties? They said at this conference, the billionaires behind the scenes, here's what they said. We're coming for the church. We're educating people. We're coming after the church. We're going to shut down their pulpits. We're going to shut down their religious liberty. We're going to shut down their freedoms. And, we're, and then we're, they're, you come after my kids. You just raised. I don't even have to show up. My wife will kill you. You come mama bear, you let mama bear out of the case. Men are passive sometimes with a passive Ahab spirit. Mama gets up, come on. You ever seen those ti little tigers try to mess with a, mess, some animal, mess with those baby cubs, that, that mama lion? Whoa, don't mess. Even the mama duck. She puts all the hens, the, the, she puts all the chicks under her wing. Says, come mess with me. Wah, 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 wah. Mamie was just telling me in their pool the other day. Wah, wah. We need to get in Target's face. Because the devil wants to silence your voice. He wants to silence the voice of the church through something that's not truth, that you haven't hooked faith. Faith means I'm going to do something about what I believe. And nobody's going to intimidate me. Stop having church.
And the guy looked at me. He said, why would you get up? And why do you care about other people's kids? I said, because I'm on this plane. Someone messed with a kid. It's not my kid. I'm going after that dude. Why don't we see it that way? Because we're, we're freedom fighters. Why are we freedom? Because truth prevails. And truth only prevails if Christians stand up. Truth only prevails if Christians realize they have a voice. Not my kids. I plead the blood over my, you're not taking my kids out. You're not taking my spiritual children out. I'm going to preach truth. They're going to know truth in these last days. They're going to see truth. You know what? People get upset. They'll bounce. They'll walk out of the church. I'm all right with it. I have to answer to one person that I'm waiting to hear well done. Because the father of lies is going crazy in the earth today. And there's powerless Christians. Why are they powerless? Because they've never hooked the shield of faith to their belt of truth. And they don't know what's absolute. The guy said to me, you are the most ridiculous person because you say you walk in love. He said, if you really loved homosexuals, you'd marry them. I had people leave this church because they were coming here consistently. They said, well, you marry us. You can't change the Bible. He created male and female. Wait, wait, wait. To speak the truth in love, I love every gay person, every LGBTQZ, every one of them. I am passionately in love with God and love people with all my heart. But I will not bend from my God's truth. Two men doesn't produce anything. Two women doesn't produce anything. My Bible says be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. And I'm never going back on that. You go find another church. You don't like that? Go find another church. You don't like pastors that don't go to Target. I'm not really big into that stuff, but I'm like, I want to stand for truth. I'm not God's all right and Satan's all right and I'm all right with two. No, I'm not. So you know what? A guy said to me at the conference, can you believe how cool it is? Look at the stock market. Bud Light fell billions of dollars. Yeah. I said, that's good. That a lot of Christians aren't drinking anymore. No more Bud Light. So, yeah, the church is boycotting them. Yeah, by stopping drinking. Whatever. Go to Walmart. It's that way. I'm just being honest with you. Do you have any conviction in your life? If someone wants to destroy your children and tell them, here's all these different sexual things explicitly we want to give to your kids in the classroom. I'm telling you, the 50s, 60s, they had an agenda. We're living right now in the agenda from Marxist mentality that wants black and white divided, that wants fatherless homes, that wants take the, take the, take the, patriarch out of the home will destroy the home we hate we'll give you money not to get a husband in your house have more kids we'll give you more money we hate families it's an enemy sometimes the enemy uses the government sometimes he uses education but we as believers have to stand up we have to stand up for the truth someone say truth how many don't like that how many agree? Yeah. Come on, someone shout truth. truth. Put on God's whole armor. Put on truth as a belt. 
Can I tell you, there's an absolute. There's an absolute. You want to come for my kids? You want to come for any kids as a pastor? You want to come for the kids in here? That's why we got security positioned everywhere. One of the, one of, and, and I'm not, you, you say, I preach on the Second Amendment. No, no, I preach Jesus. But can I tell you, there's a reason God gave us weapons so the government can't overthrow, overthrow the people. In Spain right now, the government's overthrowing the people. And you know there's not a gun around? It isn't just to kill people, Pastor. David went out and said, we don't deal with these uncircumcised Philistines. You mess with heaven, you mess with me. I'm coming for you, Goliath. I'm coming, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to drop you down. I'm going to... Now, I'm not talking about fighting against flesh and blood, but I am talking about standing up. I am talking about pushing back. I am talking about believing the truth so absolute. Guess what the good news is? It cost me my life. So it does. Who cares? What do we get? Heaven? Who cares? Somebody has to have a voice. Somebody has to stand up. And those young boys that went off to war, and my dad came home at that time. Why? Because I was the fourth child. Somebody has to stand up because blood was shed for our freedoms, but blood was shed for our eternal freedoms. So when you get to heaven, you get to heaven. Did you stand for truth? Did you stand for the power of the promise of the word? Did you stand for the power of the Holy Spirit and let God direct, guide, and lead your life? But most of all, did you stand up in the evil day? And that God says, in the evil day, there was a guy that was so sold out and convinced under Roman tyranny, he sat in a jail cell and wrote his last letter to Timothy. He was telling him stuff like, Who's, I'm weak. Who's weak? I've been stoned, I've been shipwrecked, I've been flogged, I've been left for dead, I've been snake bitten, I've been, he said, and you're weak, are you kidding me? And he writes from prison, his final letter, and he says, I've fought the good fight, i finished my course, I've kept the faith, and here you are and I, we're going to go to heaven, we're going to be sitting around the apostle Paul. He's going to be telling, hey, man, that day Stephen got stoned and not from liquor or high or drugs. He got stoned by rocks. Remember that? Then Stephen's going to go, I was worshiping God and I was just caught up. My body was transferred. Paul's going to say, I knew they were coming for me. In prison, he never knew his words would get out and we'd be reading them today. John the Baptist never knew. He started doubting in prison when he was going to give his head. And he said, was he the right one or should we look for another? Go tell John. The deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk, and the poor have the gospel. Go tell John. God is alive and well. God is all powerful. He is moving. And Noah's going to say, Noah's going to say, I don't know what they did in June. They tried to take my rainbow. But I celebrated the promises of God because he's so good to my family. And then Moses is going to come by and say, no matter what, I was, I was scared. And I had that staff and I had the armies of Egypt behind me and the Pharaoh. But I, I just did what I heard the Holy Spirit say, lift up your staff. And God split the sea and we walked through. He's a promise keeper. And then he's going to look over and say, Rob Klimpo, 
Rob Klimko, it's your time for testimony. You were faithful as an usher. You were faithful with a food bank. You were faithful. Your wife and kids were planted. They began to flourish. You began to see God increase you. You've been well done. When God asks you for your testimony, what are you going to say? God, I lived in America, man. Things were easy. I had air conditioning. I had a nice Lexus. Man, I had a, a nice jacuzzi. But I asked you, I asked you to do what that last song said. I should go tell your city. I should be a witness in your neighborhood. I should go tell your neighbor. I should argue politely and speak the truth in love with a guy on a plane about your absolute truth. I said, buddy, you're never going to change me. I don't believe in that faith stuff. I don't believe in that God stuff. 2,000 year a book and belittle it all you want. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so my goal as a pastor is to prod you in a way that when they walk over to your seat and say, Anthony, Anthony Hunt, stand forth. God's going to say, I was there the day you walked into Grace Life and you said, I'm done playing games. I got to get engaged. He was there when you married this beautiful young lady. He was there when Reuben was thought out. He was there when you adopted Ray in that courtroom. He's going to say, come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. He was there. He was there on that football field. He was there the day you lost your mom. He was there. He was there the day you you messed up and you came straight to my office. You said, Pastor, I've fallen. I messed up. And you got Joey Touchstone on the horn. You said, I need to be accountable. I did something stupid. And I think you told me, I remembered. You gave me a sermon. You said, even when football players get injured, they come off the field for a little bit but you're getting back in the game. You're getting back. You're in the game. You think Seth got a setback. No, he's a man of faith. He keeps standing. He's got beautiful kids. He's got world changers named his son Abraham. God's doing something in his life. Someone say, keep standing. Having done, listen to me online wherever you are. Having done all to stand that the crisis demands in the evil day. Put your chest out. Square your shoulders up. Like Pastor Bill says, take a hit. It'll be all right. Taking thousands of hits. We'll take some more. But we're going to stand for truth. We're going to stand for the promise of God. We're taking back the rainbow. We're believing God. Someone said, they, they, they told us June will be the darkest month. I decree it'll be the most light. It'll be the best summer. It'll be a great season for the church. Many will come to Jesus. Many miracle signs and wonders. You know, a real 